0: Rich shot, save Talbot! Rebound, top Rich shot Martinez, save Talbot! Kovatar begs it off the back of the net! 12-6, Rich shot Martinez! Save, made by
1: Cam Talbot! Here come the Oilers, 2-on-1 to win it! McDavid in for the left-hand side! subtle awaits! There's a centering pass! What? timers score!
0: Home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. Six thirty, champ. Four hundred thirty-five thousand nine hundred twenty dollars. Not a bad addition. For Quentin and Samantha Eberts, your Eskimos 50-50 winners from Friday night. The win over the Ottawa Red Blacks. You're going to hear from them in a couple of minutes. We'll have some comments from head coach Jason Moss about why he doesn't go for two-point converts more often. I know that is a topic that comes up Sometimes We have a, a texture who always actually writes in about that. So I was at Eskimos practice today, got to ask the question. You'll get to know Eskimos defenseman back, Arjun Colhoun. He's quite a story. Rookie in the CFL, worked his way into the Eskimos starting defensive backfield. He was with the Dallas Cowboys last season and played big-time college football with Michigan State. Jelena Murgenovich in studio. The reigning WBA and WBC featherweight champion. What is next for her? And what happened on her Canada Day fight in France that ended? in a draw. Plus, FC Edmonton brings back an explosive score. They need that. We'll talk to head coach Colin Miller and uh, a little chat as well with Basketball Alberta's Paul Sir. All ahead tonight, Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio 630, Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks for coming along for the ride this evening. You can always text me at 630-630. Our open line number 780-496-0063. Email Inside Sports at 630 Chad. Dot com and of course follow me on twitter at Reed wilkins r-e-i-d-w-i-l-k-i-n-s the next eskimos broadcast on this station is thursday the countdown to kickoff will commence at four the game at 5 30 the 3 and 0 eskimos visiting the O and 3 hamilton tiger cats a team that appears to be in disarray a team that I have uh, touted as the uh, my pick for the East champion each of the last two years, and I was gloriously wrong, uh, both years... We'll see uh, if the Tiger Cats can start to turn their season around against the green and gold, or if the Eskimos can keep rolling. Dave Campbell and Morley Scott left for Hamilton today, so they're probably enjoying a uh, nice dinner of ribs or wings or burgers or or all of the above, knowing their passion for food. Anyway, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Really cool today, uh, Quentin and Samantha Ebert's Loyal Eskimo fans, uh, They, I mean, they used to play flag football together. Uh, that's kind of how their relationship got going. They win the 50-50. That was announced this afternoon. And uh, Quentin was talking about seeing... The number, the winning number, Saturday morning.
1: So I got up in the morning. We have a little two-year-old son, so I'm up early every morning. And I was watching uh, Global News, actually, and, and uh, they, put, they put the ticket up on the screen. And I saw 235 were the first three digits. And I remember thinking to myself, jeez, like, I think the ticket I put in my wallet was, was started with 235. So we got to be close, right? So I go into my wallet, and I open it up. And the first number out of the 10 was 235-459. And I tell myself, man, we missed it by seven numbers. This is just terrible. And then I think to myself, we have 10 tickets, and if they, <laughs> if they go up in order, we won, right? So just looking down, and the third one from the last was a winning number, so. Uh, it took a while, it took, uh, and it still hasn't really set in. I know it's going to be, Probably like I was telling Len earlier, a lot of the same cliches that, uh, that people in our situation probably say, but it, it really doesn't sink in. Uh, you look at the ticket probably 10 or 15 times and compare it. And then I woke Samantha up and I said, "You need to come down and look at this because I I don't know if I'm reading this right." So, uh, and luckily I was, and it was it was a pretty good moment at that point.
0: So that number 435. $920, $435,920. Uh, rounded up, it was actually $919.50. Eskimo's president and CEO, Len Rhodes, threw in an additional 50 cents to make it an, an even number, which I thought was uh, pretty cool of him. Quentin, 40. Samantha, 30. Quentin works for Wakefield Canada in sales. Samantha, a stay at home mom. You heard Quentin mention the two year old, and they got a pretty cool story about getting engaged
1: long-time eskimo fans uh, when it was time to propose to sam we wanted to involve the eskimos and uh, we reached out to them they were more than happy to oblige and we ended up getting engaged on the field um on the first week of september in 2011 between uh, the labor day game and the labor day rematch so it was pretty fantastic
0: so what i i found out happened was so this was it was not at the labor day rematch game it was it was on a non-game day between the two games in 2011 so Samantha had taken the the football 101 course that that the Eskimos offer and uh, Quentin, you know, called the Eskimos and said here's here's what I want to want to do, how can you help? So the Eskimos called Samantha and said well, you were in uh, Eskimos 101 and, and we you won a prize as a result of being in this course. So you got can you come to the stadium at this time to pick it up? So she says okay. So she goes and they take her out onto the field and uh, there's Quentin waiting with the ring and the proposal, so that's that's pretty cool about how they 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 got engaged. So it was all unveiled today uh, at Commonwealth Stadium, a uh, really cool event. Obviously a lot of positive energy. Obviously great for the uh, the Huskies, the Wildcats, the Golden Bears, minor football, and don't forget they get the other half. So almost four hundred thirty-six thousand dollars being distributed amongst those organizations. I got to uh, chat. Directly with Quentin and Samantha after the news conference. Did you jump up
1: and down when you saw the number? Did you have to shake your head and want to quadruple check it, or what? Yeah, we've, we. To be honest with you, I froze. I uh, I, I froze up pretty good, and it took I took a few seconds. And even after I woke up, Sam to to verify that there was the right number. It, it there was some quiet, awkward pauses, yeah. and it just, it just stared at each other and kind of was like, "Is this for real?" And kept shaking with the ticket in my hand, looking at the TV, <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> and then we d- jumped up. And hugged a bit. Yeah. And, yeah so, and then you called your your mom first. You yes, I called my mom, and yeah, I actually cried on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's it's pretty cool. We're really grateful, and it's all been overwhelming. But
0: so you guys come, you guys come to every home game, then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, how long have you had season's tickets together, or been coming together? I would say probably since 2003. We we had we had group tickets before, okay. and then in 2005 we moved over to Section J, and uh, we've been sitting there since since then. 2005. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, you mentioned your football history. Have you been a lifelong fan as well, Samantha?
1: Um, yes and no. Like, I was kind of into football before, but once meeting Quentin and first passionate as he is about the game, it kind of got me into it more. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it kind of grew with our relationship. So you, you, you met on a flag football team? We, met, we actually met at work, and Not then uh, we started a flag football team through work. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it worked out well in a lot of ways. Who's the better Who's the better player? I don't know. That's tough. This guy. I'll that's, give it to this guy. That's tough, yeah. It's close. <laughs> it's definitely close. All right.
0: So, uh, I mean, this is just, are you just going to digest this
1: for a while and see, okay, let's see what we want to do and and still normal life for a while? Yeah, it's yeah. it's normal life. It's, uh, I took a couple of days off work just to kind of let it all sink in and, and go from there. But we're going to. Not gonna do anything too hasty too soon, I think, and and just let it soak in because it still it still hasn't yet. So and are you still gonna buy fifty-fifty tickets? Yes. Yeah, we are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're sure about it? I'm you're sure about that. You that
1: yeah. You might as well. And to be honest with you, it's 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 because of the cause. It's it's like I said, I grew up playing amateur football locally, so it's uh, whatever I can do to give back. And if it's if it's twenty dollars a game, that's something that we can manage for sure.
0: All right. Well, great story, Quentin and Samantha Eberts. Congratulations. A text to 630. 6.30 says, these two are too much. Where was their baby conceived? Oh, my goodness. Well, I wasn't going to ask that question. <laughs> They're coming up to 6.15. Patrick Bauer, by the way, is your studio producer on the other side of the window this evening. How's it going, buddy? So far, so good. You know what I, I found amusing? And as, as you know, I'm uh, perhaps I'm amused by things most people wouldn't be amused by. But as I was talking about Morley and Dave Probably uh, <laughs> filling their faces in Hamilton. You were eating like this huge sandwich, stuffing my face over here. Yeah, it's yes. about that time because I was going to bring you into the conversation there, and I was like, "Well, not a, not a good time." Did you uh, did you work the game Friday? I did, so you could not obviously go to the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Now, I will tell you this: I did have a coworker uh, who had to go to town for the weekend. Give me twenty dollars. <laughs> To, to purchase a 50-50 ticket and uh, I also bought for my mom so I got for my mom, got a ticket for myself and also for my, uh, well it was uh, Kelsey Campbell who mm-hmm. produces Ryan Jesperson's show so I made sure to put the names on each ticket and they and Samantha said during the news conference they also bought for her mom and made sure they had the tickets uh, separated so they so they knew whose who's were who. but that's cool and, and it's a lot of money for uh, minor football as well. Oh, I also had a quick chat with Justin Pearson the rookie defensive lineman for the Huskies, who sold them the 50-50 ticket. When you found out you'd sold the winning ticket, what went through your mind? Uh, it, it's pretty cool like uh, that I sold it. It's
2: giving away a lot of money.
0: <laughs> uh, what was it like just dealing with the crowds and all the people who wanted a ticket? Uh, it's uh uh, it was just really busy. A lot of a lot of people just coming up and asking while we're walking back to get more tickets. Like, come on man. <laughs> so, so. so where are you from? I'm from Shroud Park. And where did you play football before Huskies? I played for Sal, Salisbury high school. Yeah. Okay. So when you see that number and you kind of, there's a kind of clicking? like, wow, this really does help all the minor and amateur teams in the city.
2: Yeah, it helps well, pretty much every team I've played for throughout my entire football career. Like the youth teams in Sherwood Park and all around the city okay. and my team now too.
0: All right, so Justin Pearson, the seller of the winning 50-50. More on that on 630 chedcom Now, the Eskimos are getting ready for an actual game against the Hamilton Tigercats. They want to go to 4-0, and I got to ask Jason Moss a question that many of you ask me. It's about going for two. Why doesn't it happen more often after touchdowns? We'll get to that when we get back.
1: This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet,
0: All right, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. It's 6.20. Jelena Bergenovich, WBA and WBC featherweight champion, going to be in studio after the 6.30 news. Always a pleasure to catch up with her. We will have a lot to talk about. Fight 50 is the next one for her. Fight 50, next one for her. Maybe we'll get some details. Maybe we'll get some hints. I don't know, but I'm going to find out. So, Patrick, I got some. I got some stats for you. Late on and me, I, I, and I always try to limit the numbers on the radio because I always figure a lot of a lot of numbery stuff doesn't translate well on the radio. But I got to give this to to set up the the premise of the question for Jason Moss and and questions I've had from listeners because what the CFL a couple of years ago said okay. The point after the touchdown, if you kick it, instead of putting the ball on the 5 and kicking from the 12, we're going to put the ball on the 25 and you kick from the 32. And if you want to go for 2, instead of also scrimmaging from the 5, you get to scrimmage from the 3. So they wanted, you know, a little more, maybe a little more action, less less kicking, you know, maybe a little more unpredictability okay. with, the, with the scoring, teams taking more chances. So what's happened here? Through, what, four weeks of the season? The Eskimos have played three games, but they've had a bye. So there's been four weeks. So there have been uh, so 16 games, right? So in the Eskimos have gone for two once. They made it. In the CFL, uh, there have been 19 two-point tries. Successful 10 times. That's 53%. Not bad. A little lower than what I would expect, actually. You only got to gain three yards. But 53%. Meanwhile, there have been 63... Convert attempts in terms of kicking, uh, fifty-two made for eighty-three percent. The Eskimos are five for six, also eighty-three percent. Now the 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 twelve-yard convert was something like nine ninety-nine percent, or ninety like it was it was virtually never missed, right? Yeah. Unless it was a bobbled snap or blocked. I mean, you'd rarely see one kicked wide. Well, obviously. you would hope not, right? You would <laughs> hope not from twelve. I mean, yeah. you or you or I would have, well. We we might be able to make a 12 yard, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Thirty two? There's no way I would make that. Even the think, average person. I think I can make one from 50 yards. I well, do. I can kick the ball, man. Okay, well, you're an incredibly confident match.
1: <laughs> incredibly stupid, perhaps. <laughs> We're gonna too, go
0: yeah. test that and put it on YouTube someday. We should do that actually. I keep trying yeah. Wendy's kick for a million, yeah, but they never fun. pick my name. <laughs> so anyway, so here, so here, so by the percentages. Let's just use uh, 100 as the number. With the existing percentages, if a team went for two 100 times at a 53% success rate, that's 106 points, Mm -hmm. right? Correct. If you scored 100 touchdowns in a season. If you scored 100 touchdowns in a season and always went for the kick at the existing success rate of 83%, that's 83 points in a season. So 106 minus 83 over the course of a season, Same number of touchdowns. That's 23 extra points. It's considerable. Which is nice. So I said to Jason Moss today, why why don't you, why don't coaches in general go for two a little more often?
3: I feel like we, we've got a great kicker and we're going to make all of the, the extra points and those are higher for us than converting anything, so I don't care what the stats tell you. Uh, we, our philosophy here is generally, we don't go for it until we need to later in a game and I think all those points tend to add up uh, the course of a game. So you know, I, I know everyone else has a different philosophy, I know other teams, pretty much always go for two um you know i just don't feel like that's what our mindset is here so the the counter
0: is how hard is it to gain three yards right most plays gain three or more
3: on average exactly if you're confident in your your ability to score on from the three yard line every single time or i I know the you know you got for every one you kick you gotta all it takes is one for the two point i get all those arguments i do but uh you know, that's our philosophy here: is we're going to kick it more than we're going to go for it. And again, when it needs to be at the end of the game, when we're putting those situations, we still have confidence we're going to to make those two points. But you know, just I don't know. I just think it's a philosophy there. And also, you know, if you are stopped, it kind of takes the momentum out of scoring a touchdown too. To me, on to be honest with you, also gives our kicker more opportunities to kick in a game. So I mean, there's there's pluses and minuses to everything. I think you just got to stay with your conviction and and stick with it. So. He he clearly has a reason,
0: several reasons for doing what he wanted to do. He keep the kicker involved. He he doesn't want to you know fall behind in in a point exchange if you want to call it that, where it's seven six fourteen twelve. If you're missing twos and the other team is getting ones, And, and I think the momentum factor is is a valid observation. So if if you drive down the field, get a touchdown and then you go for two and the defense stops it, you give that defense a little bit of good feeling. And I know some of you will say, well, it shouldn't matter. But, but I mean, the momentum and the, and the feeling of the defense running off the field saying, well, we got to stop as opposed to what well, we, got, we got scored on, I, I guess creates a little bit of a different feeling. Yeah, that would take wind out of your sails for sure. Right. So Jason's feeling is don't get it unless – don't go for it unless you absolutely – have to. And they did go for it against Montreal to make a five point lead, a seven point lead in the fourth quarter. And this is the fun armchair coach angle of it is that if now the the it has made a difference moving the kick back because those kicks are far less successful than the twelve yard kick. So what happened against Ottawa? Ottawa gets a touchdown to go up nine nothing. They miss the convert, right? The Eskimos uh, so they're up 9 nothing instead of 10 nothing. Later on in the game, it's 29, late in the third quarter. Ottawa scores to get it to 2015. So now they're thinking we'd like to be within a field goal instead of being down four if we make the one. They miss the two-point conference, so now it's 2015. And then later in the game when it's 23-15, Ottawa gets another touchdown to get to 21. They have to go for two to tie. Uh, with about 25 seconds left, and they miss that. If they would have, uh, you know, the hindsight here is for Ottawa, if they just would have taken the 32-yard kicks and made both of them, they tie the game. But they want it to be within three, obviously, earlier in the game. So uh, hindsight, hindsight is 20-20. I, I thought more coaches would just go for it more often and say, well, we should be able to make two out of three and get the extra point. Uh, but I think a lot of coaches have adopted the Jason Moss philosophy where you don't go for it unless in, in you absolutely have to. So J- Jason explained it, so maybe that's some clarity for you. some of you questioning why that is. We will get to my interview with Arjun Colhoun, Eskimos defensive back later on in the show, Jelena Bergenovic. WBA and WBC featherweight boxing champion standing by. She is going to be in studio tonight. It'll be great to catch up with her. The Blue Jays in Boston again tonight. They are tied with the Red Sox. No score. That's after the first inning. My name is Reed Wilkins. You're listening to Inside Sports on Eskimos and Oilers Radio.
1: 630 chat. This is Ryan Neusen-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
0: 630 Chet. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Another show coming up tomorrow. That's going to be fun. Kevin Curious will drop in. We'll talk to the amazing uh, long drive champion, Lisa Longball Vluswick. We love having her on the show every summer. She hits the ball like 400-some yards. She's won, I think she's a seven-time long drive champion. So she'll talk about that. uh, British Open is coming up. I I can't remember if she's played to the course or been to the course where it's at this year, but she'll be on the show. So we'll have a lot going on. More Eskimo stuff tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins, and I'm pleased to be joined in studio by Edmonton, boxing champion world boxing I didn't mean you're just an Edmonton boxing champion you're an Edmontonian who is a world boxing champion Jelena Marjanovic dropping in how's it going?
2: it's good it's good i i don't know if i should feel insulted or just like well i kind of botched
0: the intro kind kind of pleased
2: that you just introduced me correctly yeah i kind of botched the intro you got the name down i think
0: everybody knows you got the name
2: you're solid on the name so
0: you told me last time i'd been saying your first name incorrectly and i still slip up sometimes it's okay i have a name that's often misspelled but it's easy to pronounce yours is both difficult it's, it's more difficult to spell until you see it a few times. Yeah. What's and, the, and what's the craziest pronunciation you ever got? Oh, in your life? Oh, I've heard
2: name? everything, but it's usually like where they mess up with the mister so I get Degenovich, oh. like and they Oh, they think it's I'm supposed like, to be Mr. But I'm still a she. like I'm still a, you know, <laughs> like I'm a miss, like I'm not married, but so I'm not Miss or Mr, you know, like I mean
0: Did I spell so it right on the sheet You did, there?
2: absolutely.
0: M-R-D-J-E-N-O-V-I-C-H. Yep. So it's basically, margen- you basically it's kind Irish, of ignore good,
2: the D, right? It's a good old Irish name there for you. <laughs> it's funny because I, got, I, got, I, I
0: talked to Eskimos defensive back Arjun Colhoun at practice today, and oh. his last name, i got to write it down, is C-O-L-Q-U-H-O-U-N. That's but you just ignore the Q and the U and say Colhoun, and it's Scottish, and he's <laughs> he's from Windsor, and he's black, and I said, so are you Scottish, and he's like, no, I don't consider myself Scottish, Well, I he's actually, got the name, though.
2: I actually am French-Irish-Serbian, so I mean, I'm just, like, I always tell people I'm like an atomic bomb, like, I'm just, you know... <laughs> I don't know what my parents were doing but I definitely got all the rage and all the temper and anger and stubbornness from But you channel it well. You channel it. I try. It. I try, you know, when I was younger it was a little more challenging but you know, we've worked it out. And you were, you, and you used thing. to play
0: basketball where you can't throw a punch. Well, well you can, threw, but you get
2: kicked out of the game. I threw a couple elbows like a little oh, maliciously, okay. but I mean, that was a long time well, ago. Well,
0: you, you gotta get the rebound. I thought so. So, uh, how'd you enjoy being at the Eskimos game on Friday? That must be nice, because you're training and so busy, but you're a huge sports fan, but you probably don't get to watch as often as you like.
2: No, and and that's the thing, you know, the Oilers are playing, the Eskimos are playing, but I'm always training at the same time, so this was nice that I'm off a little bit, and it was, it was nice to get on the field. I mean, Len, Len Rhodes invited me down, and it was um he's like we would like to introduce you or first he said i'd just like to have you to the game like come and enjoy the game and then he threw the curveball at me the day before and he's like ah you know if you don't mind we'd like to have you on the field and introduce you at the game and i was like but i thought i was just gonna be a fan at this game um but it was unreal like you know i have a couple friends and guys that support me quite a bit on the team and um we do a lot of charity stuff right ryan, ryan king's one of them um we always do a lot of stuff together um with KidSport sport and stuff like that, so um, and Sports Central, so you know it's always good to support the guys and support local. I'm, I'm a big Edmontonian fan, and you know that includes Eskimos and Oilers. So, uh,
0: are you, did you have a 50 50 ticket?
2: I did. <laughs> I mean, I obviously did not win, much to my disappointment. Uh, my sister and I actually bought a few tickets, and, and I was bugging her, because I had, I mean, there was a lot going on there, so I didn't know when they were announcing it. And I was like, come on, did you did you check the ticket? Did you check the ticket? And she's like, Julian, if you don't stop, I'm going to punch you in the face. <laughs> I mean, we have this rule where I'm not allowed to hit them, but, you know, you never know what happens on the other end. So Right.
0: Yeah, I could see you being very impatient when it came to wanting to know the winning number. Slightly. Yeah, and then they did they obviously couldn't put it out till after the game because there's so many things they got to worry about with making making the, Did you did you hear Quentin, his story about seeing it the next day on the news and going uh, waking up didn't Samantha? Hear that I, I was yeah. Upstairs. yeah, so it was it was it was, uh, it was pretty cool he saw it on on our friends at Global Television had it on the next morning and he's checking Because you know how the ticket prints up with a list of 10? Yes. Because he bought the 10 for 20. So he saw the top number and he's like, oh, I just missed it. And then he was like, Oh oh, wait a minute. I'm only seven off. Maybe I have that sequence. And he looked oh down goodness. and he had it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm still disappointed. I do. I I always like winning everything. So I mean, like, <laughs> well, yes, this includes the money Like when I bought the 50-50 ticket, I <laughs> thought I was assumed winning.
0: You were going to win. Yeah. Uh,
2: definitely. So <laughs> Or you like, could you go
0: beat somebody up and win. <laughs> For
2: sure, I'm going to win this fifty fifty. <laughs> that's like, that's that's what I love. <laughs> you and I
0: have had this conversation on and off air about the the mental strength of high. Caliber athletes of champions, that they always like think they're going to win. Now, sometimes, and but sometimes that extends to real life. Oh, everything! And it's not always like that's not always healthy, though. Like because uh, you, you can't control the fifty-fifty, Gillian. That's hard to say. You have no say. control you know over what? the 50/50. I
2: think it's extremely healthy. I expect to win well, everything. But, I mean, you can ask my siblings about it. We have very, very competitive everything. So I'm, which is great. I'm actually not allowed to play intramural sports <laughs> now with them because I got a little bit too competitive at one game. What and, slow pitch? No, slow pitch. They la- allow me to play. There's no like contact. But I bas- basketball, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. But I was, I was definitely. Told I wasn't allowed to come back, so but not point, until I'm retired. My
0: point is, is with something like a 50/50 or a lottery, you have you have no control over that. I mean, because when you're boxing. It's obviously you and one other person. You have a great deal of control. If you're on a basketball team, you're one fifth of the team on the floor. You have a great deal of control. If you're if a 50 thing,
2: you have like you have no control. You have no control. Power of positive thinking. <laughs> have you ever heard of that?
0: I have heard of that. Well, see, and I, I expect pos- to win, and I think positively every time I golf. And this morning, I was horrible.
2: <laughs> well, let's see, uh, golf, too. I, ch- I try and win, and I'm terrible, but every time I go in, I'm like, I'm actually playing golf tomorrow with uh, Kevin and Scott, and I'm like, you know what, I'm probably going to win, guys. I- I'm i terrible, but I'm probably going to win. Yeah,
0: I've like, I'm convinced I'm, like, probably a couple good rounds away from the PGA calling me up and just being I mean, like, you have when, to come play.
2: When you said long drive, and I was like, well, I, I want a long drive. <laughs> Maybe I I, need to talk to her. Maybe I can get a few pointers. I think I really uh, this could be in my future. I'll
0: I'll send you some video, and I I should I'll tweet it out when she's coming on. Lisa's body turn like her hip turn and rotation is incredible. Her left knee almost touches the ground when she takes the ball back cuz you got to channel so much of your lower body through the swing, right? And and plus she hits it relatively straight cuz when you do the long drive competition has it has to, to land on a grid. You mm-hmm. can't just blast it sideways and know it still went that far.
2: I'm going to have to do some research. I feel like this could be in my near future. Like I mean long driving like I I can I can hit the ball, but I really haven't had any training on this, so I feel like I probably could well, win this too.
0: You're very athletic, so I'm sure you could <laughs> You could translate it on I mean I'm just punching. Kidding. You have to have torque and rotation. I'm right? totally kidding. So, I'm totally did you kidding. like? Do you like the little punches oh, I your just punching did? punching is
2: phenomenal. Yeah, if only just... people could see you right now, they'd be embarrassed <laughs> we, for you. Yeah, we need
0: a camera here. <laughs> that's that's really what we need. Jelena Virgnetovic joining us uh, in studio. Okay, so you're back. Obviously, you were in France again. So let's yes. okay. Let's tell this story. Because uh, you've given me snippets of it. Oh uh, yes. First of all, your movie was phenomenal. Oh, thank you. That was you. when early May I saw that. Late. Yeah, May? Yeah,
2: it was early, early it was, May. It
0: was, it, was, uh, it was during the playoffs, so I have no idea how I had time to go to a game. Uh, I, <laughs> or go to go watch. Or uh, maybe it was late in the regular season.
2: It was late. It was the before the last um, last regular season game, so, okay, it, was, so it, was, uh, uh, it was the I think second it
0: was, weekend in April. Yeah. So they showed it at the art gallery. It was great. And then it ended with, it was supposed to be May 18th. Now you were right? Yeah, you're correct. But you were supposed to fight Gael Amand. Yes. Who you fought last November and beat in a unanimous decision. Yes. Now, did she do something a little goofy and she wound up not being your well, opponent? Well,
2: it was a split decision, but then she went and took a... Oh, it was, um, Okay, sorry. Almost like a tune-up fight type thing, like a confidence builder, right? Because this was her first loss. I was her first loss.
0: So she's supposed to fight you May 18th. Correct. But then in April
2: or um, at some point? It was, like, two and a half weeks before our scheduled fight. Now isn't
0: that, I'm going to be blunt here, isn't that dumb on her part?
2: A thousand percent. But, you know, I think that they were thinking that she needed a little confidence booster. I mean, the fight um, that we had prior in October, I beat the crap out of her. Like, I mean, I just think that... Well, I, I thought just, it was a
0: unanimous decision. It was, was a
2: split. split, I mean...
0: But it should have been unanimous.
2: You said that I didn't.
0: Yes, I did. Okay, (laughs) fair enough. Anyway, sorry for interrupting.
2: No, no. Um, I would, I would agree with you. Um, However, when you go to Europe, you never know what's going to happen with the judging. Um, You know, not only with the judging, but the it's a different style of fighting. So I think the judges want to see different things european fighters are very straight up very in and out more like a fencing style of boxing is how i would explain it whereas um say your south american fighters and your i would say I, I would say north america but we get more in there it's more of a war type mexican style fight mm-hmm. um Mostly because I think we entertain. It's more entertaining, and I think we just really like to go to war a little bit more. You get dirty. It's the gritty. uh, You know, it's it's all out like till you knock someone out, kind of like um, till you're on the ground, kind of style. Whereas the European fighters are more of a let's outpoint each other and watch this boring fight.
0: Okay. So anyway, you you beat her, and you're gonna fight her again in May. And then she has this mysterious unexpected tune-up fight and that what happens knew
2: about so Did I actually tried to hide. So I actually was on my computer and I, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, why haven't we got our plane tickets? Why haven't we got, like, I signed my contract, but they didn't tell us what hotel or any kind of details about this trip that we're supposed to leave on in two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was texting with one of my friends in Germany. She's a fighter too. And we both go on BoxRec, which holds everybody's records and rankings and whatnot. And at the same time, It pops up, because it had her result of the fight, that she had lost this fight. I was like, are you kidding me?
0: Okay. So she takes a tuna fight shortly before she's supposed to fight you and loses. So did that void the contract? Well, well, you know, in in my contract... Who stepped in and said she doesn't get to fight you now?
2: Well, we kind of were like, you know, what the heck's going on? You can't fight two weeks later. You're just suspended. Um... You know, I was oh, dumbfounded. Yeah, f- yeah, okay. I was dumbfounded actually because then you you know, in my contract it said that I cannot um partake in a professional boxing match for sixty days before my contract like before my competition right. date. So I mean I'm sitting on the shelf waiting for her and and then this happens. So okay, I Okay, so um, she's
0: out. So she did something dumb and quite shady. So she's out. So you can't fight Amand on May 18th. So where? So you wound up fighting Stephanie du- uh, Ducatel in uh, France.
2: D- yeah, Ducatel. And I think oh, you're just... I, um, I'm
0: trying to French it up.
2: Yeah. I, I think that you know they had offered us a fight prior to us signing the contract with not prior, uh, shortly after we had got the offer from Gail. Okay, so
0: somebody else that really wanted. So, so in we there, had and gotten, is good, obviously.
2: Well, yeah, and she's the WBF world champion or something like that, some other title that isn't one of our main main players, but she's a world champion as well.
0: Okay, so she um, steps in. So was the fight in the same place and all that? No,
2: it was completely opposite. Like I mean, the fight with Gail was supposed to be in Paris. Um, yeah. You know it was. It was almost too good to be true. It was right around the World Championships for Hockey. We had tons of people who were going to go out. Like, you know, it was – I actually said to my coach, I'm like, you know, I kind of thought this was going to happen because not every, every good thing comes to an end. And then my, my amazing streak was kind of, you know, a little too good to be true. I had a great – documentary come out they did such a phenomenal job with that you know um you're getting the oilers on board you're getting you know a lot of mainstream media and and a lot of support that i hadn't seen in edmonton um if not ever but if not in a long time Mm -hmm. um and then you know i was like there goes my glass bottom is like completely shattered so um you know we just had a really long camp we um Took a couple. We took a week or bit off, trying to just let my body kind of recover. Cause boxing is one of those sports is where sports where you have to peak at a certain time. Right. So you can't be go 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 twenty four seven. So I had to take like a week off, which I mean worked out for me because I got to see the Oilers play a little bit mm-hmm. and got to experience that and, and and experience the city's amazing you know excitement. Um, and then we went back into training. So this was uh, must have been the longest training camp of my life. Um and, but you know, they were great. They stepped up to the plate and and we made this fight happen. Unfortunately, it was on July 1st, so you know, it kind of got lost I think in in the mix of Canada's 150th birthday. Sure. Um but you know, it, you get a fight, offer to fight, you just take it. All right,
0: I want to. I'm gonna take a break, but I want to find out what what happened there, and and then uh, and, and then look ahead as well. Jelena Mergenovich in studio, WBA WBC featherweight champ. Inside Sports on Chad.
1: This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chad.
0: Appreciate you tuning in tonight. No score, top of the third. Blue Jays and the Red Sox. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. My name is Reed Wilkins. The Eskimos, by the way, it doesn't look like receiver Darius Bowman is going to play on Thursday. He didn't practice again. I guess we still got to wait and see till the depth chart comes out. Bryant Mitchell would be his replacement. Eskimos at Tiger Cats on 6.30, Ched. Countdown to kickoff at 4 on Thursday. The game will start at 5.30. Jelena Bergenovic joining us in studio. So she was just telling us about how the, the fight in France got changed, the opponent and the date got altered. So you fight, uh, so, so it's just says. So, so it's actually just you know, the I easy pronunciation.
2: I basically was c- just calling it. Nobody corrected me when I was okay. there.
0: Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know if she's ever going to be in Edmonton to fight. So, <sighs> So you fight her on Canada Day, and it's a draw. So does that mean... Every judge had it even? No. Two of the three, like how did they score? So
2: how the score was is one judge had it for me, one had it for her, and then one had it even. Conveniently.
0: Okay. Conveniently.
2: So, <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. I, I don't know how they saw the fight. Again, I you know, she was a lot tougher than I think I anticipated. You know, there's probably a lot of different things. I haven't I haven't been able to bring myself to watch it yet because I'm still quite frustrated how many rounds was it it went 10 10 10 rounds so um so one judge had a 96.94 for me 196 94 for her and the other one 9595
0: okay so if it would have been like 9793 for you and 96 94 for her and and a draw on the other judge would have the actual points mattered or it's no. just who has it, who no. has it winning
2: so just judges. were
0: you I mean I now again you obviously always think you won so how surprised were you when you they found out well, was a draw. you
2: know, this was the thing. When I fought um, Gail, I ha- have no clue how one judge had it for her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these are the risks that you take fighting in Europe. Um, Europe is ner- notoriously, like, shady. You know, what I didn't know as well was that Stephanie and her husband um, were the ones promoting the pro show. So, I mean, I think, you know, in my opinion, like that plays a factor maybe in Mm -hmm. it but you know at the same time she came out to fight she was she was game she was a lot tougher than i thought i hit her with some bombs um and kind of smiled and she smiled back at me and i was like you son of a gun i was (laughs) like this is gonna go this is gonna go and she'd never been stopped um and you know she had I can't remember how many pro fights, but she's had, um, quite a few Muay Thai fights under her belts as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I mean, the gym that she was based out of was a Muay Thai gym. Um, you know, it was a good fight. It was a good fight. Um, and you know, when everybody comes to fight me, they all have their best, best performance ever. You know, I've, I've watched a lot of, um, a lot of film on all these fighters and, and, a whole different animal shows up fight night against me so I mean it's great and I expect that and and that's what happens when you put two world titles in front of someone you know it's kind of like that carrot instead of one instead of a carrot it's like a huge chocolate bar right like you know <laughs> something a little bit more appetizing than a carrot so um so everybody definitely shows up so what happens
0: if uh, yeah, I know you love the hypotheticals what happens if two judges has, a, has it as a draw and the other judge has it for fighter A does fighter A win or is it yeah, a majority, majority dr- draw majority draw so that would be a dr- recorded as a draw as well yeah okay that's interesting so so you keep your belts uh, I, I know you know you want it to win but you keep your belts that was fight 49
2: yeah, it was no damage done, 49. If I could do it, I would erase it altogether and do it all over again. Okay. Um, but I don't get to make the rules in boxing. Well, unfo- not yet. Unfortunately. Not yet. <laughs> you got to have
0: goals. So fight 50. <laughs>
2: fight 50. It's going I'm to excited. be in, Can I
0: firmly say it will be in Edmonton?
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. It will be in Edmonton. The only reason why there's a little hesitation is, like, if I get offered, like, an amazing fight, like on a main show in Vegas Wherever. or New York, sure. then I'm gone. Um, you know, th- it has to make sense for me to fight at home. Yes, I love Edmonton. I love fighting at home. Fight 50 for me is a huge fight, but at the same time, like, you know, I want to have that support from Edmonton, and I need to everybody to get behind me, and 50 is a milestone fight. I mean, Floyd Mayweather's coming back for 50. Like, it's a big fight mm-hmm. um, in a lot of fighters' careers. Did you
0: fight careers. Conor McGregor? <laughs>
2: Uh, he is crazy. He is crazy. As long as I don't get kicked.
0: So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so Fight 50, uh, you're pretty sure it'll be in... M- it, could it possibly be at a very large, relatively new venue downtown? Or am so I-,
2: <laughs> I am hoping... And I hope that the right people are listening. No, okay, no, but um, seriously, that'd be no, that'd but, be incredible. I, you know, there was some things, there were some talks that were happening. Nothing is official yet, but you know, it was thrown around the idea of potentially having it at Rogers. Again, everything has to make sense. Um, You know, the OEG, Bob Nicholson, you know, everybody in that um, realm has to be on board. And I think that um, logistically for this to happen, we have to sit down and have a business meeting and find out, you know, if the dollars and cents make sense. You know, Edmonton, you know, in the recent times... Yes, we have a lot of support, but do we have that much support? You know, gone are the days of Scotty Olsen, Ken LaCusta, Willie DeWitt, mm-hmm. of those guys filling up um, Northlands, you know. I've had one of the biggest crowds here, and I think maybe we had four, three, four thousand three, 4,000 people. This
0: was at Shaw. A lot of your this fights were in the Shaw, yeah.
2: The majority, um, I think I've had one fight in Edmonton that wasn't in the Shaw. Okay. One or two. Um, So in order for all these things to happen, people have to want to come see me fight. And, you know, am I there? I would love to say that I'm there, but, you know, I'm not sure if it's been an exposure thing that people don't know about the fights or that it's just the lack of interest. And, you know, I would like to say that that's not the case because I I feel like I've had amazing support in Edmonton. I haven't fought. You know, there was a time where I was fighting every three months here. So, yeah, it was yes. like, if I missed one, you know, we'll see the next one of, of mine. Right. Well, that's not the case lately. I mean, before the March fight, I think I, it had been a while that I hadn't fought in Edmonton. So, you know, in the last, I want to say, four years, I've fought here twice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one more, this will be, you know, my... Third fight in four and a half years.
0: Okay, hold hold that thought. We'll get more into that. Jelena Vujinovic in studio inside Sports on six thirty. Chad back after the news.